Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. By way of introduction, uh, Brother Avant um, and his uh, wife, Mikhail, mm-hmm. and his son, London, are with us tonight. Um, Brother Avant is the director of uh, Discipleship Now. And if you don't know what that is, you can go to discipleshipnow.com. And basically what this is is a platform uh, where there are devotions, Bible studies, interviews, all apostolic. And you can just go to that platform and you can watch Bible studies. You can connect with it. I think you can sign up. You can become a, a member as yes, well. Sir, you, you can, can. yeah, all that, subscribe. Yeah. Um, and he's also the promotions director for Apostolic Man, which Apostolic Man is the uh, the arm of the United Pentecostal Church International that literally is only there for the men of our movement. That's and correct. we have conferences and yes, conventions and there's books and there's devotions and whatever. And so Brother Avan is actually in town this week because tomorrow uh, I will be um, videoing an entire devotion on, uh, and if you're from Truth Chapel, you, you remember when I did a whole series on this, but I'm doing a devotion for Discipleship Now on the battle with bitterness. And so you're not going to want to miss that. So it's going to be phenomenal. And, and when would that be posted? Um, probably in the next two months or so after we get yeah, post Yeah, about two or three months it'll, yes, it'll be on. And I'll be sure to let everybody know. You can go to discipleshipnow.com. And if you're watching this and you're not from Truth Chapel uh, as well, you're going to want to definitely connect with this. Absolutely. But I know he's been in Georgia this week. Yes, sir. Uh, interviewing and doing devotions with several of our pastors here, yes, some, some good friends of mine as well here in the, in the, in the last a few weeks. And Brother, Brother Avant, um, again, we actually were connected a long time ago when we were kids. Quite a while ago. Yeah. So I was raised in North Carolina, and his mother and father started a church or, uh, or took a small church in what was the name of the town, North Carolina? We actually moved there to Rockingham. Rockingham. Yeah, we actually yeah. joined a church there. Yeah, okay. Crazy story, but small yeah. world. <laughs> and so my grandfather had a church in Rockingham, uh-huh. North Carolina. And many of you heard me talk about Stanley Wilt. And uh, Rockingham was only about 45 minutes from Spring Lake, maybe about mm-hmm. an hour maybe back then, because the roads weren't as nice as they are today. <laughs> now it's like highway. Straight there. shot. Yeah, straight shot. But, and so I used to go to Rockingham a lot, hang out with my pop. And uh, I remember being young, we went to that church there, and uh, I think my dad preached a couple yep, services. The whole Chavis family was the whole there. Cha- it was the Chavis family. It was the we used to travel like that. We used to travel <laughs> like that. The Chavis trio, uh, it wasn't a trio, it was I all of us. brother played drums. And yeah, Brock played drums. Jazz. I was singing, mom and dad were playing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Kyle was just sitting back, probably chilling. playing a game or something. Or, well, we didn't have, he didn't have Game Boy. He was drawn back then. He was probably drawn, <laughs> tearing something up. Um, now, now Kyle's the most talented. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> um, but, uh, I think you were playing, you were drumming back then. I was then, playing right? drums. Yeah. Yeah. I had a ragged out kit. And <laughs> my cymbal stands were broke. The struggle was real. So yeah. So it was fun. How many instruments do you play? Um, three, three, I play drums, you know, keyboard and organ. Yeah. So drums are my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. By all means. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, 
just just a few years ago, Brother Avant was um, music director in um, Tennessee, um, Jackson, Jackson, Tennessee. Jackson, Tennessee. And we went there and did a big event there. Man, that music program was so tight. And then you guys left from there, moved to Colorado, yes, right? Sir. Started a church there, or you took a church there. We took there. a church there in Loveland. Ch- in Loveland, Colorado. Me and Amanda actually went uh, just mm-hmm. a few years ago to Loveland, hung out for a weekend. But now you're working full-time for the Pentecostal Church International yes, in these yes, and sir. travel all over. Yes, um, sir. Great preacher. Uh, if, if we would have had, if we would have had Bible study tonight, <laughs> I'd just be introducing him to preach right now. But I thought this would be cool, you know, with the online, because there's a few things. Um, Brother Avant travels all over right now, and he's talking to pastors and preachers, but he is a preacher, has been a pastor, uh, great musician, great, great singer, um, has led, you know, churches, led music teams. And there's just a couple of questions I wanted to ask you tonight. Uh, I think that our our church, our listeners, our people that are watching. We're also recording this for podcasts, I believe, as well. So sure. I think people can glean from this. I, first thing I wanted to ask, and this is, what, this is a common question that I get a lot, is when did you know? Like, what was the time? If you can even break it down to a time. It may be a season, but was there a moment when you were just clear that I'm going to be used of God? Like, I am going to do a work for God. I'm going to be a preacher or a teacher or whatever it may be, but you just knew in that moment, my life's going to be this. Like, what, what was that like for you? You know, I started out um, in, in ministry as a musician um, playing drums. I was five years old. That was not always the coolest thing, especially for my pastor's wife at the time. She was always on the organ. And so um, I transitioned to playing the organ when I was around 16 years old. But in between that um, span. We had a revival um, back when the Bustard brothers used to travel oh, together yeah. all the time. And um, there was a, uh, I believe it was a, a Thursday night service we were having. And it was that moment to where um, he was preaching specifically on the gifts of the Spirit and the callings of God. Right. And I'd always aspired to be a preacher. It was always my dream. Um, but there was a moment in that service where he actually called me out. Oh, wow. And it was Lloyd Bustard at the time that oh, yeah. called me out and began to prophesy over me. And um, I began to soak on that. Um, my pastor was Ellis Myers, and he started having these uh, Sunday morning classes with um, young men that desired to be in the ministry. And so it was one Wednesday night that I was able to preach my first sermon. And there was seven of us in that class. And Bishop Myers broke down Isaiah 9 and 6. You know, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. Yeah. And um, I did such a terrible job. I mean, it was, I, I got to preach on the Prince of Peace, and um, it was more like the King of Chaos in my life at that moment. It was just right. crazy. And so I left discouraged. And there was an old man in my church that walked up to me. His name was Brother Burroughs, um, who has since been um, transitioned from this life. He has passed away. But Brother Burroughs um, got a hold of me and began to, to talk to me and began to minister to me. And it was that moment in my, in my broken state of mind, he said, you know, somebody has to start somewhere Wow! and you can use this as your platform to go to the next level. And, and through that moment, brother Burroughs began to pray for me. And that was the moment. It was a conversation yeah. to where I said, you know, I can do this. And, um, he shared with me some things and he was a fireman and, um, he shared with me one of the stories where he was supposed to go in and rescue somebody. And unfortunately they lost the patient they were trying to save. Oh, wow. And he said, if I would have quit in that failure, then I would never know what success tastes like. 
And so ever since that moment, I always think about Brother Burroughs. And I believe for me, and at that time I was 14 years old, that's when I had that moment that, right. ah, that light went off, that, you know, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm called to do. And it took me a while to get where I am right now, but um, that was the moment. All of us, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That, and I'm still, I'm still going. I haven't arrived yet. Man, <laughs> so that was my moment. We're still working. That, that's beautiful. That's awesome. I like, I like what you said when you said it was in my broken moment mm-hmm. when I really knew that that was it. And you know what, man? It's, it's so true that in your broken moments, that's when God can speak to you the most. Yes, sir. I don't know if it's just a focus or you, everything else just turns off in your life and you're just waiting to hear that word. But I, it, it, in my life, it's the same way. It's like in, yes, my, in my worst moments is when I feel like God Absolutely. spoke to me the clearest. Yes, sir. You know, and I just knew, like, this is it, like, whatever yes, it may have been, uh, definitely. So I want to ask you two questions, and, okay. and these are, these, uh, the first question is going to be tougher than the second one, but the first All question, right. <laughs> and this is something I like to ask people, um, and, man, you answer the best way you can, you can answer, um, but to me, it just, it, it shows transparency, but also just shows that, like, I think a lot of times when people are watching stuff like this, and they see two to, you know, pastors, musicians, singers, sure. and, you know, sure. all they want to think about is the best, you know, right. like, hey, these guys, you know, they're, you know, they're older, they've made it, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, whatever it may be, because um, I know how people think. It's not always true, but what, what would you say is your biggest failure? That's a good question, um, and let me just kind of preface it by saying this. Yeah. Um, I'm a high school dropout. Okay. Um, I never made it through Bible college. Wow. I lasted one semester, not even a full semester, a half semester. And so you'd probably think that that's a pretty good indication of a, of a failure. But if I'm going to be very transparent tonight, I would say my greatest failure was the moment I thought that I could preach and minister on my own. My. And I could not do it without the help of the Lord. And so my prayer life began to dwindle. My times of devotion and relationship I was focusing on other things, Pastor Chavis, that was, was not allowing me to keep the main thing, the main the thing. Main thing, the main and thing. I was serving at a church in um, Tennessee, and it was my early years of, of student ministry around 2003 that I started picking up some bad habits because of that lack of devotion. And I feel like that was my greatest failure was falling away from the cross and starting to lean on a crutch. I started using my childhood as an excuse and started using um, what I didn't have to blame for what I could have. And it wasn't until I was 24 years old wow. that, that God shifted that. I was in Nashville, Tennessee, and there was an evangelist, James Chester, that was oh, yeah. preaching. And his sermon title was Identity Crisis. And I had denied it all my life that I had any issues. But that's the morning I was on the organ and I was backing him up and we were just going <laughs> down. And, and, but when altar call came, um, I was hiding behind the organ because that was my, that was my escape. You know, I was the guy that they were telling the truth about. You really can backslide on a drum stool Ooh, come on. and you can backslide on an organ bench. And that my, was my, my. me. And that's where I was headed. Been there. Done and, that. uh, it's not easy, you know, but brother Chester pulled me out of the organ and I can, I can remember very clearly there was the organ, on the, on the right side of the platform, and there was a banister there, and he had called me out and met me behind the banister, and he said, you know, you're good at ministering to others through music, but God wants to minister to you through his spirit. Mm. And um, it was that moment to where I had that, oh, my goodness, feeling where the Lord just 
overcame my life. Yeah. And in one prayer meeting, God shifted everything. And I remember it was about an hour or so before I was able to pick myself up off the floor. Absolutely. When God had literally done some construction on my heart and on my mind. And so my, I feel like at this point, my greatest failure was allowing myself to fall away from being in love with Jesus. Absolutely. It's so easy to do. You get into performance mode and you know you can play or you know you can sing. I, I'm, I'm in the same boat, you know, sure. growing up in church and, sure. and performing and, and being, you know, anointed, but also talented and gifted. Right. And you start, you know, right. forget about the anointing. I don't really need a prayer life. I don't need this. I can just do this. Like, it just comes to me easy. Exactly. And I can sing and I can play. And, exactly. And man, and it, it, it can lead you down a dark path. It, really can. It, it, it led me down a dark path. And, um, and that's, that's, but that's amazing though, to hear, um, you know, like where God brought you from and, you know, never completing high school, didn't, didn't, yeah. you know, complete, never went to Bible college, you know, or yeah. half a semester or half one, semester. <laughs> but look what God can do. I mean, you're, yes, you're, you're a director of discipleship now and you know, you're, 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 you pastored, you've led, and you're still leading, and, and your ministry is not even close. It, it probably isn't even at its peak right now. Um, what, and God can use you no matter what you've gone through, what you've done. Sure. The calling of God without repentance. Without repentance. Um, yes, sir. You just got to find that place, like you said, that, that prayer meeting where everything's shifted. Absolutely. Now, next question is, what do you feel like your greatest achievement is? Like right now, sitting in this place, like if you just had to put a star on, because I know you have a lot of achievements. I know you have a beautiful wife. You have a beautiful son, London. Um, and, you, you know, those things. And I know that's probably what's going to come because, to me, my, my greatest achievements yes. are all about my family and not yes, necessarily about my ministry. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like, what do you feel like your greatest achievement is right now in this moment of your life? You know, um, let me backtrack for just a moment. Um, growing up as a child, um, my mom and dad actually separated and divorced a couple of times. A couple times. A couple times. Wow. And okay. the first was actually when we moved to North Carolina. All right. I remember you talking and, about this a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we moved there, um, Brother Garris was our pastor. Yeah. And there was a moment where God restored, you know, their relationship there. But coming from a broken family, my dad was always real with drugs and alcohol. And um, when we moved back to Florida after living in the Carolinas for two years, my mom and dad separated again. And, um, you know, that's where I began to deal with some struggles. And that was the moment the enemy started speaking in my mind. For sure. You know, you're going to be just like your father. You're going to have these issues. You're going to have this. And, you know, something clicked in my mind that, um, you know, it doesn't matter what family tree you come from. You have the right to start a new branch. Mm, And my dad's an Avant. I'm an Avant. You know, my boy is an Avant. And so, you know, there was a there was a deal that really started speaking to me um, when we were talking pre-service tonight yeah, about yeah. this accomplishment deal. I think one of the greatest things that I have so far been able to con- uh, accomplish is, you know, ministries is great. You know, I've been able to Absolutely. lead worship in certain venues and preach certain events and services and gatherings. But at the end of the night, I think at this point, um, my wife and I have survived some very rocky storms. Um, probably more my fault than anything else. If we can just be honest with everybody, Let's she's somewhere honest. in the building today listening. So I want to make sure we go to bed. I'm not on the couch in the hotel room, you know, so it's all good. You guys got a couch? <laughs> that Pull-out couch for London. There it is. No, but let's, let's be honest here. Um, we, we've been through some devastation ourselves. We, we've lost 
a child recently and we had issues with fertility and and our our son London is is our baby. He is adopted, but he's our boy. Yes. And I think one of the things um, that I feel most accomplished in is that somehow, by God's grace, we've kept it together, Absolutely. and and we've still been able to minister. Um, we've still been able to have a, a great marriage. But to me, here's my point: London just got baptized in Jesus' name. Come on now. And so that's awesome. Trying to just work through it, keep the faith, and keep strong. I feel like that's an accomplishment. Yeah, trying to try not to lose what I received yeah. in that identity crisis, keeping that together. You know, what is the profit of man to gain the whole world lose and his lose soul. his soul? If I preach the greatest conferences, but my family's not saved, yeah. to me, I need to focus my shifting and attention yes. towards that. So I'm, I'm striving for that even greater I accomplishment. I hope that answers the question. Man, that's it's, it's beautiful. Properly, so. and, and it's, I feel the same way, you know, like my, my family is my greatest accomplishment, like my children, my, my wife, my home, mm-hmm. because it, Noah, Noah, Noah is most known for building an ark. An ark, absolutely. But that's not his greatest achievement. Right. Noah's greatest achievement is that his family got on it. Got on it, yes, You know, sir. it's like, who cares what I build yeah. if my family doesn't get on it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, and we know guys, and, and, and there's some guys, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to talk about anybody, but me sure. and you both know guys sure. who, who we love and uh, that are amazing. Absolutely. And they've built amazing things. Absolutely. And they have great accomplishment, but their family's not in it. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, you know, at the, at the cost of my family, I, I built this. Right. And man, I don't want to do that. I don't want to look no, back, sir. you know, no, sir. And, and we're sitting right now in this great edifice and, and, uh, you know, what God is doing here at Truth Chapel is amazing. But if tomorrow the Lord told me, Hey, listen, if, if, if you don't give this all up, your, your children will be lost. Man, you can have it, bro. Mm-hmm. You can have it. You can take it because it's not my, my, I feel like that's my first ministry. That's number one. Sure. And, uh, and that's beautiful. And you kind of have that contrast of you know what that broken home looks like. Mm-hmm. Sir. And your parents probably didn't go through as hard of things that you guys have been through. Yeah. I and they, 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 but they didn't stay together. They didn't stay together. Yeah. yeah. Just you being know. mad at each other about silly stuff. And like, yeah, I'm out. Exactly. Yeah, you, know. <laughs> you know, I could say this too. There, there are several, even friends of mine right now, that have raised their kids in the faith. Yeah. And, yeah. And that age of accountability, until I have that time of, you know, of life in London, it's so I got to get it right. Got to get it right. You know? And so I'm probably failed in some areas of being a parent. Who hasn't? Join, join in. <laughs> and so. Well, man, look, to, to kind of end this out tonight, I'm just going to kind of give you the floor. Um, I, we, we could go on. I could, I could ask you a bunch of questions. Um, but I kind of want to just give you the floor. I know you've been traveling uh, over the last year. You, you've been traveling with Discipleship Now. You've done a lot of interviews. You've connected with a lot of people been to a lot of different churches and talked to a lot of different pastors and leaders. Yes, um, and so, you know, having your finger on the pulse of like what's happening, like, you know, at least in America, because I know overseas travel is, you know, not, not happening right now, almost. but like, just like what's happening here in America, churches coming out of COVID churches trying to like reassemble again, like gather all the pieces. Yes, sir. Um, like, what do you feel, and I'm just going to just open it up for you, just like, just share your heart. What do you feel like God is speaking to the church right now? What do you feel like God is speaking to the kingdom in this moment? Just, just take a, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes and just share your heart. Yes, yeah. sir. I've, um, I've recently been on a journey, and, you know, I'm going to go back to my days in Rockingham. Yeah. And this is what's heavy on my heart right now. Um, my dad, it's, my dad is a miracle. And um, after 20 years of being divorced, 
my mom and dad. I was 13 when they got divorced. Um, I was uh, 33 years old and was amazing. In January, I believe it was the 13th of 2015, I was able to baptize my father Come on, bro. in Jesus' name. And That's awesome. at the time, my mom and dad started talking again, and I was... It's kind of a little sketchy about that. You know, I mean, if, if you get married again, that's your third time. <laughs> Three has to be the charm. Ain't nobody got time for another divorce. So wild, bro. You know, and so, you know, <laughs> my, my sister's got a family. They're doing well. I've got my family. I don't need to worry about divorce court with my mom and dad again. You know, you, you're on your own, honey. Bye, yeah. you know. But it was ridiculous. My dad started reaching out to my mom because of a bad report from the doctor. And um, so what was interesting is that at that time he had hepatitis C, his liver was only 25% functioning, and he just, diabetes was out of control, and over a, you know, a good period of time, my dad this year is seven years free of drugs and alcohol. Wow. And my dad serves on the usher team at the Eastwind Church in Palm Bay. Come on. My mom and dad are celebrating six years of marriage this year, and What's wow. amazing is my dad does not, they cannot anywhere find hepatitis C in his body. The Man, blood still deep. works, in case you're wondering. Come on. The blood still Somebody works. Somebody shout. That's, <laughs> that's an amazing testimony right His there. diabetes is completely under control. Now, um, his liver is, is improving. It's at 92% function now. Wow. And so just the power of God's blood. I think where we're living at right now is the question that can be found in Exodus. After the Lord has commissioned Moses to go before Pharaoh, and proclaim, let my people go. Well, we know the story. It doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. In fact, deliverance for those people that God sent Moses to proclaim this truth over is actually delayed. And so I've often wondered in my lifetime, why is deliverance delayed? Mm. You know, why couldn't God deliver my dad in that first year? Talk about it. Or why couldn't my dad find healing in that first year? But in my studies... My, my, my. I can't find an answer as to why God does what he does. Mm. You know, the debate is how long it took, 90 days, 180 days, or 18 months, or five years. The bottom line is is that all we know is they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We know that. His ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are, we know all this stuff, and we should trust in the Lord. But sometimes... Just knowing God's word is not enough comfort right? because we're still looking for the answer. And I think I've resolved it to this. When we stop worrying, then God can start working. Mm. And a lot of times while we're waiting, we're frustrated. We let anxiety and depression and fear overcome us. And one thing my mother told me a long time ago is when you give it to God, Mm. you have to leave it with God. And, And the truth is, is that in that moment, in the moment that we're living in now in a culture with COVID. Just just today, my mother sent word that a precious lady in the church in Palm Bay that I've loved all my life passed away from the effects of COVID. And, so and I, I read about a, another minister in our fellowship, a missionary that mm-hmm. passed away just last night from COVID. And, and our world is just, just discombobulated with anxiety and fear and depression and wondering when is this plague going to leave? Right. You know, how many when? days or how many weeks or months, or how many years do we got to deal with this? And, um, I've been preaching the last few weeks on this subject that God is everything you need anytime you need him. 
And the only thing I can think about is, you know, depression is emotion that we deal with right now based on something that happened in the past. I'm depressed because of this or this happened. And so now I'm depressed or I have anxiety because I can't really control or I don't know what's happening in this moment right now. It's a present emotion, but fear is also present of what the future holds. I'm, I don't really know what tomorrow is going to be. So I've got all these emotions and the only thing that I could think that's a solid resolution is the fact that Jesus is the same yesterday, my, today, my, my, and forever. He's the release from our depression and yesterday's sorrows. He's our comfort in today's anxiety, and he's the peace for the fear of what tomorrow may be. If that's I'm good word. focused on him, my mindset will be shifted on not what I can do, but what he can do. What he can do. He can do anything. And, and deliverance is, yeah. a, is a strong subject right now. We're not just talking about deliverance from drugs and alcohol. My dad's experienced that. My dad is living that. But, but how come people are still, after praying for deliverance from depression and, and anxiety and fear, why are they still dealing with it? Mm-hmm. The thing that we have to focus on is this. As long as we're living with it, we're not living with it alone. We've got a God who's walking with us through Hallelujah. the trial of our faith, through the storms, my, my, my. and through the seasons. And for me... This is personal. My beautiful wife, you know, you asked me earlier about an accomplishment, and I'll share this. We were pastoring in Loveland, Colorado. You were in my church, and beautiful city, beautiful church. But there was a lot of strongholds that had leached itself on the previous ministry, and and particularly so got a hold of my wife. And from that moment, we started dealing with a lot of anxiety and strongholds, and so... I reached the point where I, we talked about it. I want to make sure my family's saved. And, and one of the reasons that we resigned is because I want to make sure that my wife was okay. And, and, and that moment we started praying that God would release her. It's been almost four or five years now that she deals with this thing called anxiety. Yeah. And I think we have become so easy to say, you can just get over it and move on. That's easy until you struggle with it. That's right. That's easy until you battle with it. If, if we're going to be Holy Ghost-filled believers, we have to realize that sometimes we, like Paul, need a thorn in the flesh. My, my, my. It's, it's a story I heard of a missionary one time that was crossing a dangerous stream, and the natives there encouraged him to grab a stone, something that was heavy, the larger the better. Put it on your shoulder and walk because they said those streams have currents that could literally sweep you off your feet, you know, and there's the risk of you falling and hitting your head and becoming unconscious and drowning as it washes you down through the water. He said, sometimes the heavier the load, the better balance you have in crossing those dangerous streams. And sometimes we need the burden of life to keep us close to Calvary because guess what? It's not that we're doing anything wrong. It's not that we've made a mistake. But sometimes, here's here's what happened. My wife and I lost our baby two years ago after 12 years of of infertility. And and we received the, the exciting news that she was expecting a child. And my boy London was praying for it, but something happened and, and we lost our baby girl at the 20 week mark. I was geared up to go preach that Sunday afternoon. I was pumped and excited about it. Actually, I was teaching our adult class and, and my phone rang and I knew there's my wife. When we received the word that the baby was not going to make it, I was in the hospital room and I was lashing out to God, much like Moses saying, Lord, I've done my part. I mean, bless God, I pay my tithes. I'm faithful to the church. I even buy people's meal when I take them out to eat, you know? Yeah. When are you going to do something good for me? And I was, I was lashing out to God. When is deliverance going to come? And I'll wrap it up by saying this. 
the Lord spoke to me. I've never really heard an audible voice of God. But if I did this night, I said, God, what am I doing wrong to be in this trial? And here's what the Lord said to me, Pastor Chavis. It's not what you're doing wrong. It's what you're doing right that I trust you. Mm. And in that moment, Moses had, as we call it, a stutter. He had to have somebody help him get through it. Aaron, maybe Moses is wondering, what are we doing wrong? Why are we not being delivered? Right. When are you going to deliver us from all this junk? And all Moses had was a word that he shared with those children of Israel. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And in Exodus 14, if you fast forward a few more verses, verse 23 says, the Egyptians pursued and went in after them. And they missed to see all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen. Finally, deliverance was there. And here's what the enemy noticed. Let us flee because the Lord fighteth for them. But before that, we read that all the chariot wheels came off. That's the moment when the wicked lost their wheels. And I believe that we're in that moment right now to where the trials of our faith, the storms that we've been dealing with, I feel like the wicked's about to lose their wheels. They're not going to be able to chase us, corner us, put more workload on us. God, I believe, is getting ready to do something powerful in his way of deliverance. And I think that we ought to get our expectation high and get our hopes up because better is on the way. Because Jesus is, again, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's, That's a good word. That's what I want to say. Wow. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.